Stephen Byrne on 2FM. All right, it's time to catch you up on everything that happened on the show at the weekend. It was all about the movies this week, both on streaming and also on the big screen. You might have caught Tick, Tick, Boom hitting cinemas two weeks ago. Well, now you can catch it on Netflix. So is the new model of how these movies work. As well as that, Ghostbusters Afterlife is in cinemas right now. The movie people have been waiting for for so long. If you are a fan of Ghostbusters, you know this is the definitive sequel to the second movie. And we were very lucky to catch up with the director of the movie, who's also the son of the original director of the original two movies. So he's keeping it in the family. Jason Reitman was on the show to talk all about it, bringing everything we love about Ghostbusters back to the big screen. But first, let's check in with Andrew Garfield talking all about his role as Jonathan Larson in Tick, Tick, Boom. Andrew, thank you so much for having a chat with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, first up, congratulations. This utterly uh, just put me through a myriad of emotions all throughout. I absolutely adored it. Um, I've seen it on oh, cinema good, and I've seen it on Netflix. So that's a testament. So I've seen it twice already. Oh, that's awesome, man. Thank you. For something like this, you and someone maybe who hasn't been in a movie like this before, you have to put yourself in so many vulnerable positions, not just those you know, vulnerable moments within the, the movie, but also singing and, and dancing in front of everybody in a room. How did that come naturally to you in, in those sequences? I want to say yes and no. Like, I, I, I'm, you, 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 if, you talk, if you ask my dad, he'll always tell you that I was destined for, for, for clown college. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, I think it was my nana that saw it first. She was like, oh, no, he's going to clown college, this one. Um, and uh, so I think, yeah, there is a natural performer that, I, that is in me that is there. And it was a wonderful thing that I got to let that kind of like fly with John because that's what he was. He just, there was no shyness that he possessed. He was just always turned up at 11, heart on his sleeve and just kind of uh, showed up for life in that way. So, but then (laughs) the problem is, is that I didn't have the singing prowess at the beginning of the process to be that confident, to be able to just throw it all at the wall, singing piano and dancing like, Dancing I love, singing I love, but I've never done them professionally. Like it's a like, you know, drunk karaoke or you know drunk dance parties. Piano was something that I've always wanted to, to, to learn, but I never had the opportunity. So like it was these three things that I've like been in love with for so long that I got to just do a, a deep dive in for a year and a half and get, as, get, to, get my voice to the point to the, where, where I feel like I could start to reach towards Jonathan's energy, exuberance, passion, skill set and brilliance so that i could uh, attempt at the very least to to do him do him justice in that you way. did you did and i was talking to lin manuel and i asked him what was the moment that he knew it would be you and he said you know we saw you in angels in america i saw that production as well blew me away so the second i heard that this was going to be the case i was like yep <laughs> i was just like i don't even care uh, if i don't know if you can switch sing or not and i'm like we'll figure it out because <laughs> oh man you're blew very, very sweet me, blew you. me away um did you put pressure on yourself in the same way when you were younger did you have milestones that you wanted to hit did you look at the age of 30 or look at the age of whatever and say i want to do that and be this yeah i think so i think it's it's a strangely natural uh thing that we all experience and i think our energy shifts as well right like mm. i was i was you know scared of turning 30 but then my 30s so far have been the best decade of my life um the most kind of grounded settled truest to myself 
creatively satisfying. You know, Angels in America, we, it started with, we you know, Hacksaw Ridge, Silence and Angels in America. And, uh, and now this, and it's like, well, what else, what else could a, could a, could a guy want? And, and then in terms of my life and, you know, it's, I don't know. Yeah. But, but I remember, you know, for me, where I relate to, to this, will I make it, won't I make it feeling like I, like, like any actor out of drama school, like any artist, like anyone who has a dream of doing something that they love for, for their life. Um, I, you know, I, I, I had that, that very vital year of being unemployed, um, <laughs> after, uh, after a couple of really, um, fortunate breaks after leaving, I did a couple of plays after leaving drama school that just were the most incredible thing. I, it kind of lulled me into a full sense of security. So I thought, well, here we are, I'm making just enough money to, to, to survive and feed myself. And I get to do what I love. This is everything I'm done. It's it. It's, it's happened. And then of course the work dries up as if, you know, the powers, you know, the unseen forces of the universe are testing to see if you're serious about this thing that you love, this thing that you want to do. And I had a year of year and a half of um, telemarketing and waiting tables and working at Starbucks and I was a cricket coach and, and it was, you know, all good ways to make a living, but yeah. there was, there was, it, I couldn't escape this feeling of, of there was a big part of me that was missing in all of these things. And it was this, this thing that I get to talk to you about today that I've been lucky enough to be doing for the last, gosh, almost, yeah, pretty much like 20 years, 18 years now. I was a Starbucks alumni too, so I'm fully there with yes. you. Yes, <laughs> well, well, that's amazing. I love that. I love uh, that. It's a good gig. Good gig. Congratulations, like I said. So good. I've already seen it twice. Um, so uh, job well done. I appreciate that very much. Thanks, mate. Absolutely love that man and very excited to see if he is in that Spider-Man movie. I know a lot of people were saying to me that I should have asked him about it, but he's been asked a million times and we know what the answer is. I can't say anything or I don't know or I'm not in it. It's Photoshop. Just wait until next month and you'll find out. But judging by the trailers, I think we are going to get a triple Spider-Man multiverse movie, which I'm living for. I'm so excited for it. Anyway. Let's keep it going. A movie that brings back that feeling of nostalgia and just pure love and excitement and oh, just the feeling of what you felt when you watched Ghostbusters for the first time all those years ago. I have been waiting for this movie for a long time. Obviously, there was a, an, a release a couple of years ago where they changed it up. Paul Feig made you know his version of the Ghostbusters. Got a bit of backlash. I actually loved that movie. I thought it was really good. And I thought I loved that they did something brand new and they also had the original cast in it in different ways. This is a continuation of the story. And here's what Jason had to say all about it. Um, working on something like this that's part of you know your family, how did that feel? Because obviously, I'm sure you guys have huge protective nature over it. <laughs> uh, you know, uh, every father and son have a way of talking to each other. Uh, some through sports, some through music. And for my father and I, it's always been movies and specifically ghostbusting. Uh, so it was a kind of a thrilling challenge to take on this legacy, uh, but to now enjoy this movie with my father, it's, um, I, I can't really speak to how wonderful it is. Can you tell me a bit about those memories from the first two uh, growing up and of course being in the second one as well. How did that feel as a young person to watch your dad doing this on a, on a, a huge scale? I mean, it was not only my introduction to ghost busting, but it was my introduction to filmmaking in general, which is yeah. to say it was my introduction to magic. 
Yeah. It's a real thrill to watch your father direct, particularly uh, when you don't even know exactly what a movie is yet. Uh, you know, at six years old, um, I would show up on set and there's these trucks and all this equipment and they're rolling camera and you got the actors in these flight suits and you got the uh, Ecto-1 coming around a corner. I remember a day where they just emptied up a giant garbage bag filled with shaving cream and it, it, what I didn't know yet is I was seeing the destruction of the Marshmallow Man. So I, my childhood was magical and the magician at the center of it was my father. That is stunning. You're gonna make me cry again because you made me <laughs> cry in this movie. So job well done. I was saying um, to the cast of Dune last week, just that going back to the cinema and seeing a movie like that was you know, so overwhelming, but so amazing. And it's the exact same for this. I think this is a movie to get people back into cinemas after everything we've, we've experienced. Mm. And it is that feeling of nostalgia, but also the feeling of starting something new. So how did you balance that, you know, doing the fan service, giving us what we wanted, but also at the same time, letting this incredibly young cast have their moment as well, because they are phenomenal in this. Well, that's it. I mean, we, we wanted to make a movie for everyone. We wanted to make a movie that we wanted to go back, buy some popcorn, see up on the big screen, enjoy with your friends and family, and also strangers. You know, uh, we wanted to make a movie that reminded you of everything you love about the original Ghostbusters. Like, we actually made a list of everything we wanted in this film, <laughs> but then also made it about new characters on a new adventure in a new location, uh, and, and particularly create new young Ghostbusters that the next generation could fall in love with. You had been quoted before as saying that you wouldn't do Ghostbusters 3, and this technically isn't Ghostbusters 3 in a way, yeah, I guess? Yeah, I, I think I, 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 you know, I think I can stand by that statement. <laughs> I think so. Um, in terms of Harold as well and that legacy, um, I guess giving this movie to him by having his family involved in it um, from the very beginning. Was that, from the get-go, something that you wanted to do and, and really give Egon that moment? Uh, the first person to read the script was my dad. Mm. After that, it was the Ramis family. It was yeah. Erica Ramis, it was his daughter, Violet Ramis, who I grew up, grew up with on set. Uh, I wanted them to be a part of this because it's a Spengler story. Egon Spengler was my favorite Ghostbuster. Me too. And yeah, yeah, right? You know, I had half a slinky and I straightened it, you know? He's my guy. <laughs> and uh, we made this movie in honor of Harold Ramis. It's dedicated to him. And the Ramis family was part of it from start to finish. Those early reactions on Twitter just blew up. What did that feel like to see uh, from that first screening? People I, just being like, you are going to love this so much. Uh, I cannot begin to tell you the relief. I, I made this movie for my father, but I also made it for everyone who's ever carried Ghostbusters in their heart. I did not want to let them down and to read those initial reactions and, and, and feel as though I hadn't screwed up, but rather given people another chapter of Ghostbusters that they really wanted. It was fulfilling in a way I'd never experienced before as a director. And of course, that begs the question, do you want to do more, or is this it? <laughs> My father and I are both very interested in the future of Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters Afterlife was clearly set, you know, setting the table for more adventures in this side, this mythology, and I'd love to be involved, but I also want to see directors who I admire come into this franchise. Well, there is no better man to helm this right now. So congratulations to you and your father. And thank, thank you. you for all the memories as well. And also thank you for making me cry my eyes out. Like nah. I said. <laughs> uh, I was absolutely in floods of tears and I didn't expect it. So thank, thank you. you for sharing that. I appreciate that. <laughs> Mike Check. One, two. Stephen Byrne on 2FM. The sound of the nation.